0: Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the Unbiased King. Hey. that And joining me through Discord, as usual, it is the man, the myth, the legend. It is Joshua. Gangsta time. Cold. Cold partner,
1: but it should be called Gangsta Time. What up? Oh, hey, buddy. What up, everybody listening?
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> like- I'm not feeling the
1: hat too much, but it's all
0: right.
1: It is clean.
0: Well, I'm not. I-, I mean, that's why I bought it. I'm not like an Eagles fan. I like hats, so. What's that noise? There's like noise in the background. All right, there you go. It stopped. Also joining us is the disembodied voice of my brother, the edgelord, big news, Brian.
2: What's up, nerds? Hello,
3: Brian. How are you? Oh, you know, you know, just chilling, just playing some League of Legos during the, the weekdays, you know what I mean? Is that what the
0: cool kids call it? League of Legos?
3: Uh, some people call it Legs, some people call it the worst decision they've ever made their entire <laughs> lives, but, you know, it, it, you could, you choose, you choose, you choose what you call it.
1: I see people refer to it on the internet as LOL.
3: Ah, lol. Yeah, you could call it LOL. Yeah. If you want.
0: Uh, well... There you go, uh, jo- Brian. Can people play with you on League of Legends? Yeah, it's a it's
3: it's a multiplayer game. Find I mean, Brian you know, and, and his and destroy his
0: mage him. or whatever he's playing as.
3: <laughs> his dumb, I don't Jesus know, cleric. Christ. Destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell that Chris has much knowledge on video games. You can
0: uh, tell. I'm Just a bit of he a talks. nerd. Uh but anyway, I guess uh, we got a, we got a fun show planned this week. Uh, lots of Hellfire Gala talk. Uh, some manga talk. We got some Boruto coming up. So uh, let's get into plugs right away. You can find me at the Chris Espinol on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you?
1: At JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram as well.
3: Hell yeah, Brian. You can find me at b.esp on both Instagram and Twitter and if you ever want to catch me when i'm streaming find me at twitch.tv slash its punchline yeah uh
0: you can follow the show itself at new jump city on twitter and instagram follow us on twitter because we do a weekly really good chapter of the week poll which is still ongoing because we're doing this episode a little early uh we have two series neck and neck with each other at 40 percent apiece. piece uh so if you go on there it's my hero academia and black clover right at each other so uh, i'm gonna leave the poll up it's supposed to end uh tomorrow thursday at the time of this recording so if you happen to hear it before uh the expiration date i think the poll expires tomorrow like thursday at 6 p.m ish so go vote for your favorite and um next week i'll do a double audience really good chapter of the week for the one who won and uh you'll get your voice heard no matter what so let your boy know uh, you can email the show itself at new jump city on Twitter and, oh, oh, at new jump city pod at gmail.com. Uh, sorry. I had a brain fart for a second, but you can email us there with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about. And we will duly answer, or you can comment on whatever video you're watching. Uh, make sure to subscribe, like share all that stuff. And, uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, We have video versions of pretty much everything we talk about. Uh, I I edit out clips here and there, so please check it out. Um, If you guys don't want to see the full episode, you can uh, check out the reviews of the chapters or issues that you enjoy. So get on to our YouTube, subscribe, or if you prefer the full audio version, uh, it usually comes out first. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Pandora. Uh, we're on everything. We're on Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we are likely on there. So give us a subscribe. Uh, and I believe that's it. Oh, five-star review on iTunes. That would be very sweet of you if you left one there. I need an endorphin boost. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the show proper. It is time to randomize.
2: Hmm. Cross.
0: Cross. <laughs> Cross. <laughs> My hero Academia.
3: Ooh. Oh snap. Yeah. Starting off strong. The
0: randomizer was good to Brian today. <laughs> uh this is My Hero Academia, chapter 317. Scars, blood, <laughs> filth.
2: Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't know that was the title.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what? I honestly didn't notice it either because I thought this chapter cover was kind of cool, well drawn. Uh you'll hear me say that a lot. I think the the art is pretty spectacular for my hero in general.
1: I think that <laughs> I think the art looks fine too, Yeah, for what it's shown. <laughs> uh,
0: let's get into the chapter. Uh, last we left off, all for one played Midoriya and the other heroes big time. Uh, he like lured them to this mansion and then blown it up. Uh, so you know, we don't get to see how this happened, but we immediately cut <laughs> to this warehouse and everybody's just like whew that was close, huh? Guys?
3: <laughs> yeah, that was a close one. Oh.
0: It is kind of funny. I would like to see this in the anime. Just be a smash cut, like the, man- <laughs> the mansion just explodes, and then they're just like, "Well, that didn't go so well, did it?"
1: <laughs> like, hmm, mm. gotta revise our strategy now. Like, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. you guys good? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, maybe. I mean, nobody died. Yeah, nobody (laughs) got hurt by the explosion. Not a single soul. Uh, everybody's fine. So, you know, they're really just thinking, like, well, what do we do now? (laughs) Um, is there anything we could get from Nagant? And Hawk says, no, she's, the hospital doesn't even know how she's alive right now. So, you know, there's no way we're getting anything else out of her. Um, and we're, they start talking about, like, uh, I think um, Kamui Woods brings up as, like, yo, maybe we should just get more heroes involved, every last remaining hero at this point, because if there's more people around, then it could be worse. Um, and basically they don't say, they don't really agree with that plan because apparently a ton of heroes, you know, you never know because apparently most heroes are just soft, as we learned from Death Arms, who actually retired. Um Which is sad because I didn't get to see his quirk. I thought he had a cool design and I'm like, why is he dressed like that specifically? I wonder if that has to do with his quirk really. But I guess we'll never know because, you know, apparently Mount Lady remembers a conversation where he's literally just taking off his costume wherever they are, like, I guess outside. And he's like, yeah, well, I think uh, this ain't for me really, you know? Um, Yeah, he's just getting worn out and he retires essentially. So Death Arms is no more um they can't really and they can't really have other heroes because they don't want any leaks regarding one for all so yeah there's that so no more heroes except for these small fringe group here which i'm not mad at you know it's it'll be cool to have like a little hyper-focused group of adult heroes uh that we may get some cool moments out of i'm not mad at it
1: yeah that's 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 fine
0: you know what? It reminds me of. It reminds me of like the teachers from uh, Naruto. You know, like something I've always wanted to see is like more of like the Genin teachers do shit. Um, we got Azuma and Kakashi, of course, but like, and Guy, but we could like that um female teacher, like that would have been cool. I think she had Ash powers or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah, it would have been tough. Yeah. You know. um,
0: so I think um. Endeavor notices that, like, uh, Todoroki has been trying to call him forever, and he's been, like, dodging his calls because it's not time yet for Shoto to be out. But he will be soon, along with, hopefully, the rest of the supporting cast. Um, Hawks gets word that Midoriya actually ran into the second hired gun from One for All, and he already defeated him uh, very easily, it looks like. Uh, they call that. We
1: call that Easy Monday GG.
0: <laughs> uh <laughs> And really cool, I I, yeah. I like the splash page. He's like really just standing over him like, I defeated you, you bitch. Uh, Midoriya has gotten really powerful. And as somebody who's kind of like rereading the series from the beginning, it's kind of wild. how Like you forget how long away he's come. Uh, yeah. It is crazy. Uh, now that I like now with that perspective in mind. But yeah, he seems to have won and he just like bounces out um all might tries to chase him down he's like wait you haven't been eating and um midoriya just stops and he without even really looking at all Might, he says you don't have to tag along uh anymore i'm fine so geesh yeah and all might's just kind of devastated by this you know because he's like damn he's really running himself ragged and you know he doesn't even look at me anymore. I am i can't help him anymore. And I, I imagine that's got to be really hard for him. Especially given the talk he had with his mom. And all that stuff. Always like promising to be by his side. Um, it's It's sad. Midori even says that like. I think I'm like w- capable. Um, uh, like what I'm capable of is on par with you at 100%. And I don't even have like the recoil. You know that I used to anymore. So. I don't think, uh, I, I he's saying, he's being kind of blunt to just kind of like push All Might away, but he's basically like, I don't need you anymore, essentially. So Midoriya like runs away, flies away, leaving All Might behind. And, uh, the entire time, who's been standing there is Stain. Uh, that was kind of cool. He's clean as shit, though. <laughs> and he is actually,
1: even Stain. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Managed to get a little bit... looks
1: like he showered.
0: <laughs> the first thing he th- Who knew? Yeah. It's cool. Uh, I, it makes me wonder what he's going to do because, like, is he going to talk to All Might? What would he have to say? He's got his tongue hanging out, which is annoying. Like that bumpy ass gross. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. It was like, you could put that away now. You're not trying to do your quirk right now. You're chilling. Um uh, the chapter ends with uh, what seems to be people uh, talking about Midoriya, saying that like he appears without a sound. It's kind of like an urban legend feel to it, um, where he's like he's got a whole mess of quirks with him. Uh, apparently, he goes around helping people. The rumors say he's caked with blood and filth, which cover up his many scars. And we get a full page splash of Midoriya just walking down the street, black whip just like uh, oozing out of his body. And people are saying, looking at him, you'd never guess he was a hero. And that's where the chapter ends. Uh, like bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to open this can of worms <laughs> because I think like, this is a thing that's been uh, uh, Wait, under-
1: before you say that, does it have anything to do with a certain confirmation by the author, essentially? No. What? Oh.
0: No, I'm saying that um, like... Uh, I. Midoriya's, like, design here, it hasn't done much for me. I've just been, like, kind of indifferent to it, but, like, I'm. it did a lot for me because it feels like this character design, like, this, you know, ragged suit is kind of, like, uh, an indicator, you know, it's an obvious, like, physical metaphor for his internal state. Um, it's also something interesting to think about, like, why is kind of, like, running himself ragged. He always got this criticism that he idolizes All Might too much in the way he fought, And all that stuff, like, he kept trying to mimic exactly what All Might used to do. And the only reason that he's beyond that now is because he's kind of, like, separated himself from it and made one for all his own. Uh, But there's still something in him that, like, really idolizes All for One, because uh, All Might. Because for a long time, All Might held this shit down by himself. And that's why I think Midoriya is doing what he's doing. Is that, like, he's, he's still holding on to that, like, ideal of All Might being the only person... You know, that that handles everything and takes care of everyone all at once. Um, it's an it's a interesting little, like, subtle bit of character development. And this is probably the final lap he needs to get over before he becomes his own man, essentially. Like, the real coming-of-age story comes to a close in terms of Midoriya. But, yeah, I thought this was a cool chapter, all in all. Uh, I thought there was some really cool art in this. Um, I don't have much else to say.
3: Any thoughts, boys? So um, I actually have a couple of things to say about this chapter. Um, I thought this was a really interesting chapter for me because um, for some like when it comes to to like when it comes to these kind of when it comes to manga and stuff like that, I like to look at the more subtle like hints of writing and stuff like that. And it's like, why did he choose? Why did he choose to do this? Why did he choose to do this in this way? Right. So I feel like, you know, when you look at how, um, when you look at how the series has kind of been kind of written to an extent, there's always been a comparison. There's just been a, um, it's been a lot of comparison to, uh, you know, the greats, comparison to how heroes operate and stuff like that, you know? So when you look at, um, the, the comparison that they made, it was kind of uh, a showing of like the difference between Deku, who is supposed to be the future symbol of peace, compared to regular heroes, right? Like like Dead Arms, that's his name, right? Dead Arms. Death Arms. Yeah, 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 it doesn't so, matter. Oh, uh, Death Arms. He's not so, a thing anymore. He's a uh, My my. The way I looked at that was that um, you kind of see like this chapter was all about showing how heroes act once. Pressure is is around like once real pressure is around, you know, like um, none of this like fucking all my era uh heroism where everything's easy. It's just real shit that's that's like society defining stuff. Hmm. So uh, you see that Death Arms, he's like a hero that couldn't take it. But for Deku, he's a hero that's always looked to do it on his own in order to save people you know that's always been what deku has done and what they're showing here is that you know it's okay to to give up if you're if you're not willing to to do things but it's not okay to uh, take on all the responsibility of this task without help at all like it it shows that there's there's depths to it like being a, a, a hero that wants to save everybody to the point of self harm is wrong, and Deku's losing himself because of that. That that flawed mindset, you know. Yeah, and I feel like um, that's so what he's trying in, to overcome. Oh,
1: sorry.
3: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That that was my final words anyway.
1: To, to piggyback off your point, which I you know I feel like you know makes makes a ton of sense, and it, I feel like it is worth pointing it out. Um. You, we could say, you know, not that it's, not only that it's just wrong because, oh, it's objectively wrong or something like that, you know, as, as someone that wants to be a protector and be a hero in in this situation, you know what I'm saying? You have to, you have to also take care of yourself, Mm. right? And part of that is understanding that, that you have resources, you know, and part of those resources are the support and the people around them. And, you know, hopefully, he. It doesn't seem like. Let I forget what it doesn't. What it what it seems like. He's not really working with those heroes. No. You know what I'm saying. He's not on his own doing his own thing right now. So you know, yeah, they, they are cooperating, but he's still kind of going through that. And I guess it's going to be kind of interesting to see how he relearns and understands these things because he he's always a smart kid. Um, and he would have been the first person to say, "Let's wait for backup, or let's try to all work together to figure something out." Yeah, that's who Midaria is. So this is, I guess it's, no. When I think about it like that, it's oddly refreshing now. Um, to see Midaria like this, looking all dirty and raggedy. Yeah. Which, by the way, was the confirmation I was talking about by the author this week. Uh, this past week, he literally said that he's dirty
0: right <laughs> i mean nobody denied he's dirty but i never he,
1: said that he
3: wasn't dirty
1: i just I don't said know that man. it makes I, sense I, like, it's a this, cool bro. design i listen to every one of these podcasts yeah and i can remember you just like hey he's he's not i don't think it's like that i think it's awesome and you just thought yeah. the filth was awesome i thought it was a cool design yeah nobody was denying design
3: nobody was denying it made sense like considering the situation that he's in you know
1: yeah but did you all right but we i think we all can agree that like the author is definitely making him look raggedy for a purpose yeah
3: absolutely that's the point yeah
1: this is a lit design it's like oh it kind of i'm gonna tell you this in this last page the more I looked at it, and, I, and like I just stopped trying to be a dickhead, and I was like, "All right, let me just look at this picture." <laughs> I don't like, think it looks lit. Like he looks like like. And then they were showing the images of Mataria when he was really young, like literally a few pages before, you know. when he's like, "I am here." Mm-hmm. And then to see it now, and it's like, "Holy shit, mm-hmm. boy!" Yeah, it's been rough, fun. huh?
0: It's funny. Uh, like there, I, I will commend uh, Horikoshi because, like, when you really... You know, it's things you don't notice, but he makes really subtle artistic changes to Midoriya and his look. Uh, like way back, if you look at the first like couple volumes, he's skinny as shit. Like he's musc, he's got he gets a little muscular, where he's still like he does, he's not bulky, or he doesn't have like any like meat on his bones essentially. But now he's like he's got some mass to him. Um, but I guess aside from the art thing, I w- I did want to piggyback off of what you guys said. Off the pressure of, like, you know, relying on others. I think it's funny because, like, the adults are kind of like, um, perpetuating it to a degree. You know, like, they're, they also have that mindset where, like, oh, it's Midoriya's destiny to fight all for one. It's, it it's like his battle, it's his thing. And I think, like, that's the real, you know, everything that's happening right now is supposed to be a direct, uh, contrast to the end of this arc where they, where everything's gonna be a little brighter. Midoriya, like, learns that lesson. You know, I I would like to think that like my theory is that at the end of it all, they're gonna tell everyone about one for all, uh, and all for one. I think that'd be super interesting just to see how the world reacts to that. Uh, but yeah, I I think it's all it's getting a little more granular, more. Interesting and all that stuff as as the chapters go. One thing I will say though is I I hope something happens soon. You know, like I feel like um yeah we're treading a little too slow now, and I'm hoping next week will kind of be a little bit of a turning point. Uh, so because it's been ostensibly the same thing for the last few chapters, and I'm hoping that like we get a little beat change next chapter. Um. But that's all I got to say. It's more of a minor, like, all right, I hope something, I hope we get to see a little bit more bright next week or or like a hint of it.
3: I, they're, they're setting up, they're, I think what they're, yeah, like you said, they're setting up Deku to learn and then to become, you know, like right now he's, he's trying really, really fucking hard to fit the shoes of All Might, you know, Mm -hmm. and the way that he's going about it is unhealthy. He's trying to force himself to be All Might, but he really should be trying to become Deku, you know? Yeah. Because right now he's like, he's tirelessly on the streets. He's not even taking time to take care of himself. He's, he's, he's just not what the symbol piece looks like right now. Yeah. And it's because of all the pressure and weight that he has right now. Because think about it. He's literally a teenager. With the responsibility to literally save Japan right now. Like, this this isn't, like, a normal situation under any circumstance. Yeah. So, obviously, he's not going to be, like, correct on everything that he does because Absolutely he's still not. just a kid. Yeah. But he's learning. And we're going to see him grow and the light will come back once he's the symbol of peace. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: No, yeah. I'm thinking on a pacing level. But um, I'm not mad at it at all. That's, like, a, like a minor thing. Hopefully... You know, the inevitable thing will happen and Ojiro the tail man comes in and saves his life.
3: <laughs> like he was yeah. like he's always meant to be. I would love it if he's the one who comes <laughs> in and, and convinces Deku to as the normal hero.
0: He pushes uh he pushes Ururaka and Deku and Bakugo aside, it's like move, move. Deku, are you okay? I got you. Uh,
3: <laughs> he's the Neji of the series.
0: Did you say he's the Neji of the series? Yeah, he, he, he jumps in and takes medgy. the log for the team. <laughs> he is not the. Don't you, I'm not. He's no, that. imagine that. Imagine he becomes the Kiba, where I don't know where he's like. I'm gonna be the greatest hero, and everybody's like, "Shut up, Ojiro. Yeah,
1: like
0: God. Relax. Remember how they fucked? Like they really violated Kiba at the very end, <laughs> where he became the Yamcha of the series essentially. Where, like when Naruto and Sasuke was like we're going to be the Hokage. And then Kiba's like, no, it's going to be me. And everyone's like, shut up,
3: Kiba.
2: It's
0: my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts of the series. It happens in like two panels. Oh yeah. It's like
3: when they're all arguing about who- <laughs> like during the, it's during the war, right?
0: Yeah. Where both Naruto and Sasuke are like, I'm going to be Hokage. And Kiba's like, no, it's going to be me. And everyone's like, shut up, Kiba. Um All right. But in any case, uh, I think that's all I got to say about my hero academia. Uh, you guys done? You guys want to move on? Yep. Hell yeah, dudes, let's randomize.
2: Undead Unluck.
0: This is Undead Unluck Chapter 68. Uh, Be back soon. Uh, Last we left off, uh, the heroes annihilated the very concept of summer. (laughs) Because that's what happens when you defeat these things. You essentially eliminate a law of nature, um, and they're getting in contact with Juiz to let him know how the quest went. And then all of a sudden, it starts snowing uncontrollably, and Apocalypse explains that like now that you've killed Summer, it's thrown off the balance of the seasons, and Earth is gonna freeze over in the blink of an eye. And uh, everybody's like, "What? what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was my <marvelous>. reaction." <laughs> yeah. I damn yeah, for real <laughs> it's funny because they're
0: like so. <laughs> it's funny because they're like we only did what you told us to do and the apocalypse is like yeah but who that doesn't mean it's going to make the world a better place and that's kind of an interesting concept is that if sometimes they'll have to like eliminate probably good things from there like or things you never thought to be like a good thing because all these monsters are physical representations of these fucking laws of nature and, and physics, I wonder what happens when you like kill the UMA move. Does everybody stop moving? Does shit stop spoiling? Is that
2: how it works?
0: Uh yeah. If you kill spoil, will nothing ever rot?
2: Spoil's still alive.
0: No, but if you kill spoil, will you like will nothing ever rot ever again?
1: Whoa.
2: <laughs> hmm.
1: Maybe the things that lead to spoil. Because not everything spoils.
0: Yeah, no. I, I,
1: or, like maybe the passage of time leads to spoiling. If you kill right, so those could still be two different things, and spoiling happens maybe when enough time passes and certain chemicals are left to the devices.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So yeah, it would work, but maybe not everything. But like, the thing organic- is organic. You're
0: killing the very concept of spoiling. If like the logic follows through, if you kill summer, everything there is no summer anymore, and and you kill autumn, so all you have is left is spring and 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 winter. What happens if you kill all these seasons? I just realized. I don't know.
1: What is everything without nature? I mean, without the wind, we wouldn't have plants. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. without plants, you wouldn't have life in general. yeah, I mean whoa I,
0: I don't I don't know
1: <laughs> I did the sound drop for you. you probably don't have it I did uh,
0: I should have an explosion sound effect, but I did the more you know
2: <laughs>
1: um, cool, and- cool.
0: I mean, I get okay. So, Apocalypse says that the only way to counteract this endless snowstorm is to kill Winter, and then all you have is spring, which is actually kind of nice. I yeah, know.
1: pretty late. Yeah, okay. That's
0: I wouldn't a hate plan. that. I wouldn't right. hate that.
1: Yeah, Ooh, but but you know, someone already tried to get Winter.
0: Yeah, it was Juiz, <laughs> and that didn't work juice. out. That didn't work. <laughs> juice, Juiz. I don't know how it's supposed <laughs> to be pronounced. If you know the pronunciation of. This lady's name. Shout it out in the comments.
1: I I like to say Jews. Jews? Like. Maybe (laughs) it's like like Spanish. Maybe it's
0: like Huis. 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 Hmm. Dominican alert! (laughs) DR (laughs) boy. DR boy. Uh. Okay, so, you know, they have to do it right now, though, because you know, everything's freezing over. Uh, People are just literally dying right now. And Apocalypse is just cheesing up something fierce. He's like, Earth will become an ice planet, and humanity will die. Uh,
1: Which I guess that's good for him.
0: I guess, because he is Apocalypse, after all.
1: I uh, see. Oh.
0: Oh. <laughs> why are they following what the apocalypse has to say?
1: <laughs> he has a. Because well, he knows, he well, knows why it's gonna happen. He's like, oh, this is gonna happen. Also, and too, they're like, all right, we gotta figure out.
0: Like, I don't think our heroes necessarily care what the rest of the world what happens to them. Really, <laughs> they sure do This is the first time they've actually had to consider the fact that what they do have have massive ramifications on the rest of the world.
1: Um, I mean, it's 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 a given. It's a given that 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 Andy's that alter ego guy that you you know that was really Andy forever. Victor, until it was this,
0: huh? Victor, 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 yes. Victor.
1: yeah, but it, Victor. yeah, but it, Victor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. He he definitely had selfish reasons for wanting to kill god Yeah. Mm-hmm. and whatever it is yeah that is I think he will as far as what the goal is for the, for the good guys yeah. yeah he was selfish I remember Jui ju, ju, um, <laughs> Jui really, had selfish reasons so I don't think it was for the betterment of, of the world yeah, I could I'm be wrong could so. be wrong
0: yeah um well I don't know it's uh there's no point in conjecture right now because uh the world's freezing um and they realize uh Huis tells them that uh billy is currently over there so you know it'll probably be best to go over there and deal with and negotiate with him uh and that's when tella shows up the guy who was like chilling with billy and he says give up that idea you should consider the state you're in right now um so he tosses down this thing he carries in and it's huise's arm and her sword and everybody's like what and Hui calls in already because she knows what, what time it is. She's like, everybody remain calm. And they're already in the middle of attacking this Tella guy. Um, who I wonder, I guess his like negation seems to be unsound if I were to say so. Um, but yeah, he basically blocks, uh, the attacks of Andy, Top, uh, Mui, and Shen. Uh, but. Yeah, the, now it's just kind of like a negotiation. Um Foucault tries to say, "Hey, so a lot of people are about to die. Will you take care of winter for us?" And he's like, "No. If we change when we when we slay it, then we lose the upper hand." So, you know, mm. not even a trade with apocalypse would do would be enough to let that happen. So, essentially, uh Foucault offers herself up because she is basically the key to killing God so you know everybody wants her so she offers herself up and um she's like i mean we don't have a choice here we have to get rid of winter and um you know there must be something going on so this time i'll be the one to go check um and she takes uh huisa's sword and she essentially goes off she gives her union badge over to andy and as she goes off uh Andy says, don't go dying on me. And then Luck goes, mm. I won't. Be back soon. Um, the the understanding is that they won't kill her because they still need her for God. And Billy has been unable to re- replicate her negation. So, you know, that's where the chapter ends. Uh, Fuko's going out, taking one for the team. Maybe a Fuko retrieval arc
2: <laughs>
0: is coming.
1: <laughs> Maybe she'll do some stuff with Under and develop but dumb. Who knows? This could be really interesting.
0: Yeah. Um I think we need a little bit more
1: time with the Oh, first of all, Mr. Satellite guy. Yeah. Pretty pretty tough. Pretty tough.
0: Pretty tough.
1: Good defense anyway, right? I mean he stopped all four. Yeah, he said, Yeah, you're not coming there, me. And one guy can run as fast as I don't know. He's a like speedster. Maybe Quicksilver or something? He's <laughs> yeah. a speedster. He's a low-level speedster.
0: Really He's a Quicksilver.
1: Yeah, because you know, you can't say The Flash because it's OD.
0: Yeah, Flash is really on a completely
1: different level. But let's not go down that road.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> We'd like to apologize in advance for our, our speedster opinions. But... <laughs> <laughs> Please don't at us, as the
3: kids say. Many a friendship almost got ended over speedster conversations.
0: (laughs) Many worlds nearly ended just because of a speedster. Many wars almost lost because speedster. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. This was a pretty cool chapter. A lot of... uh, It's like kind of a bridge to the next arc. Uh, I'm kind of into it. We're probably going to get Billy's deal finally, probably, I hope. Because... Mm. We didn't get a whole ton out of him, but it, it'd be cool to see. I don't have much to say about it. I think we could explore it. It's really brought up a lot of philosophical questions in our minds as to how these uh, UMAs actually affect the world as we know it. Uh, there's, sure has. There's no autumn anymore either, so, you know, they don't have fall, which is, I guess, interesting, but...
2: For what it's worth.
0: I like fall, okay? A little too chilly. I love
1: fall. My yeah. favorite season
0: hmm. that makes sense i pictured you a fall guy
1: thing that thing that bug they i don't know what it was what kind of insect it was but it was they needed to die so i wasn't you know i get it i understand Victim the most circumstance you hate right? bugs
0: more than you like fall yes <laughs> all right i think i'm done here uh you guys ready to move on yeah Then let's randomize black clover this is black clover chapter 296 the sacred valkyrie um last we left off black clover was on break last week but um last we left off noel uh learned the secrets of the saint stage and uh she merged she became the new host of the water spirit and she got this dope new armor uh and now she's about to fight Vanika, who is very excited because she loves to fight. Uh, she creates these blood golems and sends them after her. But Noelle easily slices <coughs> them through all of them. Kia, cha uh, And that just makes Vanika even more excited. She's like, the red beasts have been destroyed. Very, very good. And... um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Undine, the water spirit, tries to talk to Noelle and says, Noelle, we can't spend too much time like this. N- finish her within one minute. And Noelle says, no, I'll end this in 30 seconds. Um, Ooh, I
1: was like, oh. Oh, all, all right. <laughs> all right,
0: confident Noelle.
1: It's called partner, but it should be called Gangster time.
0: Uh, so she flies in, uh, dodges all of Vanica's attacks and gets in real close tries to hit her with the water lance and we start to get uh, f- in Vanica's, I guess, ecstasy, she gets flashbacks as to the last time she fought somebody <laughs> so strong.
2: <laughs> uh, like- <laughs> so, Ooh! <laughs> she said, oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't think I She that way. <laughs> she, 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 amidst the ecstasy of this moment, she she has a flashback. This is realistic. This is the type of shit that happens to crazy people.
0: Yeah, she starts remembering the last time she She's, she's so having
1: an episode right now.
0: Yeah, she's having the time of her goddamn life. I wish I could ever have yeah. this much fun. I what will it take for me to get literal flashbacks to the second most exciting time of my life <laughs> within the most exciting time of my life uh so okay so basically we get the backstory of Vannica she she just wanted to be have devil powers so I guess in the spade kingdom they just give those shits out and um must be nice <laughs> she got it and sh- there was this rumor about this woman that was the strongest there ever was somewhere so she snuck out of the spade kingdom to fight her to look for smoke just because and it turns out that it, of course uh it was noelle's mom uh who looks exactly like her <laughs> uh <laughs> her name is Aesir, of course and um you know they they're having a good time. For, well, Vanika's having another time of her life fighting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the panel I was referencing where she goes,
2: Oh! <laughs> she goes, Oh! <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, they're fighting, and then all, uh, in the middle of the fight, uh, a baby cries, and Vanika just like pops on over there. It's like, Wow, babies! maybe i should kill these children and um yeah she's basically like these are your kids why would you have them you're strong it's they're only gonna get in your way and uh acer says let me tell you what the strongest thing in the world is it's a mother protecting her children and she powers up and just lances the shit out of uh vanica's gut where one half of her face is like ow i just got impaled through the stomach and the other half is like oh hell yeah i just get i just got impaled in the stomach uh and yeah at that point megicula is like all right this got a little out of hand you should go and she just ran but i guess like that moment is when uh her mom died because I guess she used the last of her. Did you got curse or something? Oh yeah, she did. This is the curse warding magic. Um, she used demon magic somehow, and it I guess ended her mom as she flew away. Um, and now we're back at the present where she keeps summoning these monsters, and they all get destroyed.
1: But um, but a sea dragon's roar just tore up. Yeah, that weak ass blood. Beast, yeah, just uh, call it red beast,
0: yeah. Um, Vanica holds the dragon's like jaw open. It looks like with her like little blood tendrils, and um, that's when Noel comes in through the mouth of the dragon and stabs her again through the gut with her water sword, and that's where the chapter ends. Um, pretty cool action, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool chapter. Uh, it is cool to see Noel do basically do the most in this form uh i don't imagine vanica is going to be done with next chapter but yeah it, it was cool to see i'm not i wasn't as excited about it as i was with magnus fight yet but maybe next chapter you know
1: yeah maybe if she cuts her in two pieces that would be pretty good
0: i mean double the fun i guess i, I guess i'd be
1: mm-hmm.
0: pretty stoked about that <laughs> I guess that was that was what it was. Is that there's not enough pieces around? Um, yeah, big old action chapter, fun fun action chapter. Um, you know, Black Clover author is always great with those, so I'm not super mad at it. I'm just hoping for a little bit of a more character rich moment next chapter. Because for a battle with the person who killed your mom, I guess she's trying to fit. She's trying to like just finish it. <coughs> Not even fuck around. But I don't know. I guess I'm more used to the dramatics. Maybe it's on me. I don't know. That's all I got to say about it, though. You got any uh, f- final thoughts before we move on? All right. With that being said, it's time to randomize uh... <laughs> The X-Books. Uh, we're back at the Hellfire Gala. We have three X-Books this week. Starting with Wolverine number thirteen, everybody is having their own little side stories throughout this. Every book, it's not a continuous narrative. Every little book is kind of like having their own little plot, branching off plot points here. But uh, the one except oh, I'm
1: sorry, I was so thirsty. Do you want to say say that? Yes, all except for one comic that is literally just an extension of the other
0: yeah which is this one essentially um but in general last we left off the mutants of krakoa have terraformed mars and uh are using it as a separate not only you know as a planet for you know extraterrestrial affairs but also for uh the for inhabiting the mutants of arako they essentially split that island in half and sh- and shoved all the Iraqi mutants onto Mars, uh, which is a pretty hard flex. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the leaders are, of course, like not jive in with it. But we're starting with X uh, with Wolverine, which is like Josh said, a direct extension of X Force, where there are essentially two little storylines going on one the more fun one i guess is that deadpool's here and he's just being deadpool everywhere uh the second of which is that beasts uh plan to literally take over a small south american i guess country has backfired huge huge bigly (laughs) you know big time yeah Epic,
2: epic proportions
0: yeah and you know X Force, who are running security at the gala, are just trying to manage it and uh, not have everyone destroyed by these plant monsters. And everybody is like, "Oh fuck, I hate Beast." Essentially, like, I think everybody's starting to get a little more tired of his shit. Um, one leader, uh, one country leader, just like walks over to the bathroom and he gets attacked by the telephonic uh, monster that used to be a terra. Uh, what was the Terra Verde uh, diplomat?
2: Okay. And
0: diplomat, yeah, yeah, and that's when Wolverine pulls through and is like, "Stop right there, bub!" Um, starts fighting with the thing. Uh, meanwhile, Beast is like out here trying to clean up his mess. He's like, "I've got eyes on the other person who has a telephonic thingy." Uh, she, he notices that she was about to do something to whoever he's she's dancing with. And that's when Beast does a full Aaron Donald tackle just, like, on her face. And um, he's like, might I have a word? Please be reasonable. And I'm like, uh, I, I think bugging an entire civilization with bio weapons was not reasonable of you, Beast. But it's cool, I guess.
1: And... He um, said, please, let's be reasonable yeah. at the tackling. Yeah. yeah Oh, Beast.
0: Oh, Beast. Um, and you know this these uh, Terra Verde folks seem to be completely aware of what Beast did to them, and they're not confused at all. Like, they're aware that this is
1: his. know one hundred percent. They're
0: like, "Yo, you fucking did this to us. You programmed us. So you know, fuck you, man." Um, the one guy that she was dancing with is like, "What?" <laughs> it's kind of funny. And Beast is like. Run along! You've just had a lot to drink, man. <laughs> so he tries to go off, and Quentin kind of like mind wipes him. Uh, you know, so he doesn't remember what he just saw. Uh, Wolverine's going through his own battle with the telephonic dude, and um, he's he basically says the same thing that the lady did: is that you guys fucked us over when you bugged us with these things, and you know what? The programming failed. And after being months, after months of being shacked up inside my own body, I woke up in control. I may have come here as a political prisoner, but I'm leaving as a revolutionary. Um, uh-huh. um, meanwhile, on, uh, on the boat, I don't know, I don't think this is the Marauder, right? Uh. I think it is. Oh. Yeah, on the Marauder, uh, we have, uh, Emma's brother, Christian, um, I guess just like riding through it. I don't know why he has the boat. Oh yeah, they explain later, but yeah, he's just like riding the boat and he gets murdered by a shadowy figure. Uh so I wonder who it could be. They steal the marauder essentially. So that's going to be a little bit of an interesting plot point for future marauder issues. Maybe a marauders a marauder retrieval arc. Uh the best kind <laughs> retrieval arcs second to tournament arcs best kind
2: yeah second <laughs> second to
0: yeah um so domino's out here fighting these uh these plant things but and she's having a rough time with it cuz all she has are her arms and legs um and her I guess cool crackhowlan thing but she's some one of them got the jump on her and who saves her but deadpool um with a rocket uh, with a rocket uh, launcher that he seemed to have shoved up his butt uh jokingly of course I guess and uh we cut back over to the point where beast returns um one of the diplomats to their chair and um he's basically he's basically like all right we can fix her we can fucking fix the tele telefloronic system and sage is like no. Oh man, this was actually my favorite part of the issue. Now that I think about it, is like she's like, "No, we're done here. This was a mistake. We should never have done this thing." And um, Beast is like, "What? Oh, this was your fault, huh? You did this." Uh, and she's like, "Don't be absurd. Now's not the time for insight uh, in fighting." And he's like, "Don't think I haven't noticed your tiny size and your stubborn silences." And she just slaps the shit out of Beast as she should very into it
1: and his glasses fall off too. yeah
0: good for beast god um so she's like I'm gonna get rid of the thing and I'm gonna fix this whole fucked up thing you've dragged us into and I guess off screen we get this little um, informational page where Sage essentially created a bit of a uh, truce with the Terra um they agreed to not tell everyone that the X-Men literally tried to <laughs> literally tried to stage a coup on their country and take them over uh, in exchange for one billion dollars.. Uh, Damn. and to disregard all the for, uh, the pharmaceutical copyrights related to the discoveries they've made off the telefluoronic technology that Terra Faraday has. And that they will uh their vote recognizing Krakow, the thericocohen trade deal will pivot to a no so don't talk to us give us money and you can't use the technology you bugged us with for your endeavors so yeah <laughs> I mean honestly in terms of deals it's pretty the best that's the best way it could have went down I mean, given that the x Factor- they definitely
1: made it. Uh, a fucking enemy oh yeah no they're not cool yeah. and, they're, and they're gonna you know they have their they have their this is definitely gonna play a role yeah uh, later
0: on. yeah but it's uh pretty much where the issue ends the issue ends at uh 1 20 a.m with emma frost confronting beast on what they've been doing um emma frost has literally been policing this entire event from all these folks trying to make trouble uh, and she's like, "Yeah, this is getting a little crazy. That was kind of unnecessary what you did." Um. And he said, uh, "Well, is that any is what I did any worse than terraforming a planet?" And she's like, "Well, I'm sure you can intellectually justify anything that any any shitty thing that anybody's done." Um. Yeah. But Beast essentially is like Yeah, well whatever, man, I'll take it. I'll take all the blame. Our our whole thing here is like long term survival. So, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do to ensure that. And I'm like, Beast, you're still an asshole.
1: <laughs> this 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 confirmed that he was, you know he's not gonna change. This is this is who he is. This is gonna be Beast. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. really annoying. Um, this is the one
0: sacrifice, bro. I'll take Can it. you think of anything
1: else, else that we have had to lose <laughs> in the process?
0: I mean as long as he That's gets time. as long as he keeps getting slapped in the face as a retribution for the things he does. Um, I guess I'll accept it.
2: Alright, like, bro, you're doing shady human shit, bro. Yeah. You shady, know, greedy human shit.
0: Um and so Emma starts to walk away, but uh Beast gets a report that the Marauder is not in Madripoor. Um what happened there is I guess he was supposed to be delivering Shiard logic diamonds to Kratos on Krakoa. Um and she's like, well, if it's not on the Marauder, what is it doing uh, if it's not in Madripoor, What is it doing? And it turns out someone has set fire to the Marauder and that's where the issue ends. Uh I mean, this was probably the best issue of Wolverine that I've read so far in its run. Uh, and it has almost nothing to do with him. It is kind of just like a continuation of the X-Force. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I like this issue quite a bit. I thought it was kind of interesting. It was good. I mean, as much as I'm like hot and cold is how like the treatment of Beast is in this arc... I guess it's, it makes things kind of interesting. It just feels weird that it's Beast, you know?
2: Yeah. I
0: but again, I, I don't know much about the X-Men in the comics, and maybe Beast has a propensity to do this kind of thing. He was part of, like, the Illuminati, you know, in Hickman's run. So I guess this is somewhat consistent in that context. But I'm not sure. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about this particular issue before we move on to the next one?
1: Mm, No, I don't have any thoughts on on that one anymore. But I have lots of thoughts for SWORD, man.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, let's move on then with SWORD number six. Um, So, okay. This issue starts off with a splash page of Captain America just looking off into space at the newly terraformed Mars. And he's just looking up like, damn, that's crazy. Um, we see the validator coming down with some guy and he's talking about how, you know, these X-Men that's are- a Canadian guy? Hmm? Is <laughs>
2: that the Canadian guy? Yeah. Think, the validator?
0: Yeah, I think that's his name <laughs> is the validator. I don't know what his powers are exactly, but I remember his name and I know he was like part of Alpha Flight or something. Um, but- yeah, that's who he is. Um, yeah, no, he's walking with this dude in a suit who's like Wylan wilding... <laughs> Girrich actually, who's like talking about like, yo, these X-Men are going crazy with the... like the X-Men represent a rogue nation, one that show how far they would go to take our place as the Earth's dominant species. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, Validator's is not like totally buying it. He's like, well, I don't know, man, this is crazy. I guess they just like thrusted this onto us in a way we didn't expect. Um, And he's like, I'm right there with you. James, I'd like you to meet some people. Have you ever heard of a thing called Orcus?
1: Mm. Mm. That is, I wish the telepaths were listening.
0: Yeah, if only. Um, And it's at that point Captain America gets interrupted by Dr. Doom. Who is standing on dramatically on this? Dramatically looks awesome. Man. I mean, oh my god, I, I love Doom. Doom is. Yeah. Doom brings all the drama ever. He's a dramatic man, and I don't, I don't hate it. Um, he comes in like, Captain, your thoughts. And he's like, I don't know, dude. Uh, that's a big question. Um, he's like, I guess I'm kind of shocked. You know, uh, I guess you'd call me weak for that, and. I loved Dr. Doom's like, oh, I have more respect for you than you imagined, Captain. After all, are we you know, both not the faces of our nations?
1: Um, that was a really interesting precursor. Yeah. Oh uh, what this issue is going to ultimately do. Yeah.
0: So Steve basically tells him what he's thinking. Uh, and he's like, I mean... When I got out of the ice, I was like, I lost everything, all, my best friend, everything I had. And I, I didn't know what to hang on to. And then Tony Stark came with his little camera and he showed me a newsreel of everything that we've accomplished. And one of the things was like walking on the moon. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And he turned to Tony and he was like, so what about Mars? And Tony didn't really say, he just gave him a smile and he changed the subject. And now they're just sitting there watching it from the sidelines. You know, it feels like you know the mutants are just like pass them completely, and Doctor Doom's like, "Are you afraid?" And um, Captain America gives a pretty cool response. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, he's like, "Afraid of what? The future? Nah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. I'm not really afraid of it. I think it's kind of. I'm optimistic. You know, I like it. It seems like Steve doesn't really have like he believes that the X Men don't have any ill intentions here. The only thing he's kind of sad about is like he wished that you know it wasn't it didn't have to go down like this like they could have done it united you know humans and mutants is not you know imagine the strides that they could accomplish together uh essentially and um yeah it it's a it's a good little line from Steve very consistent with this character
1: yeah it was it it
0: I'm glad they didn't make him like, well, what is this? I don't... You know?
1: No, I felt like they did something that was true to his character. I mean, the comic book version, not the fuck... You know, the the comic book version that I know written by authors I respect. Mm -hmm. Not whatever bullshit propaganda that was made, you know, back in the day. Which, by the way, I had a question. Captain America first came out when?
0: What World year? World Do you remember? Two. Like, what time?
1: World War Two. Huh? I don't know. During World War Two. Yeah.
0: I think he was so essentially our propaganda. Then- he was, like, a propaganda guy. Like, that scene from Captain America the movie, like, the first one, where he's, like... Yeah. That was essentially his role and that was, like, a meta... a meta commentary on that, where, like, Steve in the movies... Whoa. ...was serving that... ...was serving that purpose, and he grew out to be something more. Um
1: yes
0: but yeah well that was a long time ago i don't think he's ever been he hasn't been like that but in, him
1: getting frozen in the ice is a retcon then N- no
0: no he was he was frozen in the ice and like at the end of his story like i guess on the end of his original run he got frozen in the ice he ended up on the avengers
1: oh and, but, that's but the thing when that's did it. the avengers start though
0: way after um 60s i want to say brian can you look that up when when was like the first issue of the that's not that
1: long to be frozen in the ice for like 18 years as opposed to how they do it in the mcu where it's been like 50 years that's
0: (laughs) yeah but you know what it's 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 kind of way
1: different yeah
0: it is a little different because at the same (laughs) time like they had much more of a distance to travel between you know when steve was around in in world war ii and now so
1: a lot of things did change in those twenty years as well. A lot yeah. changed. So mm. fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, I was just curious about that.
0: Oh yeah, no problem. Um it's kinda of funny, he's like he's like, Yeah, I just wish we would hope to I, I just hope that we do it together and Doctor Jim's like, Perhaps we will. You know there might be a time where you'll need my help, Captain, and when that day arrives we- you have my word. I won't make a gala performance out of it he opens a portal and he disappears into what I thought was just out of the issue. Like this is it for Dr. Doom, but hmm. Um, meanwhile on the sword station one, uh, Abigail brand seems to be uh, explaining what just happened to um, the galactic representatives. Uh, It doesn't seem to be all of them, but there are uh, a small handful of leaders across, you know, the galaxy and shit that have come to check it out um one of them is peter quill i didn't know he was like king of
1: uh yeah king of spartax was... oh i didn't know that either yeah his I... dad was the king of spart spartax right yeah before yeah our... yeah
0: smashers there not ego hmm?
1: not ego, not ego, ego. The planet.
0: no not ego uh <laughs> uh smashers there piebok is there from the kree scroll alliance uh novar is there uh someone from the uh from the uh, intergalactic empire of wakanda is there ritho uh among yeah i remember in uh another this the current black panther run is about how you know there's like there's been wakanda in space for what seems to be forever and they've just been like searching the globe and exploring and just building an empire in space forever but sounds cool and he's here now uh so he she's basically explaining like we have a, a, a diplomatic zone where you guys are more than welcome to visit if you want um and we've also installed another sword station there known as the keep uh and they're like why do we care why should we care you know um we're all doing our own shit. Yeah. Who gives a shit what you guys want? Um Yeah, essentially most of the like the alien looking aliens are could give less of a shit what just happened. Um yeah. <laughs> The earthbound ones for the most part are not thrilled.
1: Uh <laughs> they're just like, oh. Alright. Yeah. Let's see what you got. You know, they're not just <laughs> I'm sure they're impressed. I'm sure Peter Quill was like, "Hey." Yeah, i have yeah, been doing a lot on Yami has been been really coming up, huh? Yeah. Since uh, Disney bought Fox. Oh, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Cool. Welcome to the stage. I'm Peter Quill.
0: Yeah, um
1: right. The
0: Wakandan guy seems to be like, "I just don't care." Um the only one who doesn't who is not thrilled about it is really Earth and Richard Ryder, Nova, who is acting as representative for Earth, is like, bah! What are you guys doing over here? What are you doing? What are you saying? What are you doing? He's
1: um, like, did you did you consult anybody else?
0: <laughs> He's like, I mean, I'm meant to be Earth's representative on the Galactic Council. And they're like, well, you were busy, motherfucker. What did you want? What did you want? We didn't know where you were. Uh. So basically, they get off to the the main idea of this pitch, um, is like, we don't we know that you guys don't care. We know that this is not a huge deal to most of you, but um, it's exciting to us. and what we have, what we need to do is that we would like to offer you something. Uh, and they bring in Mysterium, uh, the metal that they traveled through like dimensions to to grab and have been stockpiling for a while now um yeah they explained that like there's this it's uh it's it's an earth metal but it's only accessible to earth's mutant so basically it's it's very malleable um it can be shaped pretty well but once it cools it's basically on par with adamantium so you know they they show it's a frenzy to like you know show off how even this thin kind of bar can't be broken easily um and even this scree who's a power uh, scree a scroll who's a power scroll actually tries to bend it and it doesn't bulge um so you know if you can make a ship out of this it would be pretty fucking strong huh um and um they're like well what do you want what do you want it for what 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 are we paying for if we get this, you know? And they're like, uh, you know, Krakoa made a similar deal with earth, you know, referring to the medicine and all that stuff. And what they really want is acknowledgement. Um, they want to be respected as, you know, part of the overall galactic government. Uh, and yeah, that's basically all they want. It's just like, it's, a, uh, it's with the capital planet of the soul system, they're gonna. They want to recognize Araco as the capital, as I guess, opposed to the Earth of their particular solar system. Um, and she's like, "Any questions?" And guess who pops up to ask a fucking question? Doctor Doom pulls in, dramatic as usual, with his big ass portal.
3: Surprise, motherfucker! Yeah.
0: And he comes in like, "Why should I care?" Um. And basically, is and like, I
1: feel like, was like, why should we care what you care? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 what? <laughs> why? Why would we entertain that answer question? <laughs> we did not. En- anyway. Yeah, we don't get into that. Yeah.
0: So basically, he's like, "Why was I not invited? Do you think I'm not worthy of this shit?" Um. I want, uh, he's basically, he demands an audience with the leader of Arako. Um And he's like, who is, th- who rules this new planet? Tell me, who is the king of Mars? Who would speak for Soul?" And man, who comes to the portal? She's like, Victor, you know my name. And it's fucking Storm. Right? Yeesh! Storm is queen. Listen, you
2: know
1: who it is.
0: <laughs> you already know who it is. It's your boy,
2: Storm.
1: Yeah. Look at look Doctor. Oh, no. oh the lights. <laughs> <laughs> everybody who's not worthy yeah. is like in awe and shock. Meanwhile, every, all the chill people are like,
0: yeah the sword yeah. the sword people who That's
1: knew are like,
0: yeah the sword people who knew are like ororo. <laughs> um. So yeah basically the uh, storm is queen of mars that's pretty sick um we get a bit of a breakdown as to what happened uh everybody kind of accepted uh the metal except for the intergalactic empire of Wakanda, because they don't need mutant metal probably because they have the vibranium out there so you know they really didn't have need for what the mutants were selling but um yeah, they, they don't expect that to be like a real big bump in the road, you know. Um, mm. But yeah, that worked out. Uh, they got there now, a part of space society, and then we cut over to what I feel is like the post credit sequence of this issue, like a very Marvel esque post credit sequence, very shocking. Um, at three a.m., Magneto is chilling on his own, out of his uh, out of his cool tuxedo top hat drip. And he's sitting alone with his mask like, here's to you and all you have wrought my mask. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, And then from behind him, someone calls him by Magnus. And guess who it is? It's the fucking Scarlet Witch. Yes, Wanda. Yeah, which is super surprising, um, given how literally, literally last issue... When they brought up Franklin Richards, he's like, Bah, we don't need pretenders. Bye. <laughs> right. but, he, he
1: did say that.
0: But Wanda, who is like public enemy number one on this island, honestly, um, she pulls up and she's like, I got your invitation. Um. And, you know, she's like, The pretender can't sit at the feast. Um. And Magneto's like, Did I ever tell you of my Anya? Because I guess Magneto had another kid. Um, and who died? Um, and it got him thinking about how. Uh, I mean, this is a little confusing. I would think that they would have resurrected her if she, unless she's not a, well, she's she is a mutant. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know why they wouldn't yeah. resurrect her, but in any case, he it got him to start thinking about how, you know, he started failing his kids, and you know, he he, he hasn't been the best dad and um uh scarlet witch is like i'm not really your kid and he's like i know but sometimes what is real is not the same as what is true and sometimes it takes two to pretend so he basically, it's not really his
2: kid wait Wanda um, isn't his daughter
0: yeah that was i think that was like a deep recon where they made it so scarlet witch was not scarlet witch and quicksilver were not his kids I don't know the details. They're
1: children from Sarkovia. They got powered up by the Mind Stone. No.
0: No. I don't know. At one point, they were in humans. Uh, At one point, as the movies say, they got powered by the Mind Stone. But, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, If anybody in the comments wants to shout out exactly what the deal is between Magneto and Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver... I would love to hear it. Uh, Let us know. Um, It'd be pretty cool to know. Uh, But yeah, Magneto pulls her close and says, You are my daughter, Wanda. You will always be my daughter. And I will do what I must to make things right. Uh, Yeah, wow. I did not see that coming, even in the remote slightest. I did think that like Scarlet yeah. Witch was gonna play a role, but I didn't think Magneto was gonna be like, "I'm gonna make this okay," because of course, <laughs> make
1: this okay because
0: of the House of X. Of course, for those of you who don't know, Scarlet Witch is essentially known as like this genocidal monster, you know, because she is responsible for the death of a lot of mutants that lost their powers, or are responsible for living mutants who don't have their powers anymore that have to be kind of re integrated into mutant society by way of crucible um but yeah it's it's kind of wild maybe this is why magneto goes on trial because he's been hiding wanda around or like speaking to her and you know
1: doing i'm thinking that's exactly what happens
0: i'm very interested uh but this was uh this was my very good issue of the week certified vgi
1: certified
0: vgi yeah i thought it was really cool a uh, sword is like i think sword comes out less frequently than the other books but it it's a banger every time almost because it's always some big move every issue like something happens that's pretty revealing uh yeah it feels like kind of the second most important book at this point um and i'm kind of i'm really i think it's it. the
1: most important Aside from the moment. main X-Men book.
0: Yeah, I guess now that Hickman's leaving, it's probably the most important books. Probably not even the X-Men just, but probably a Marvel given what happens with the kree Scroll alliance in them. They seem to beef into the future somehow. Maybe that's an Infernal like B storyline or something too. I don't know. Mm. There's, there's a lot going on with S.W.O.R.D.
1: Um, well, I mean, I'd say the S.W.O.R.D. is being written by Al Ewing.
0: Oh, the man.
1: So, now that Hickman's not writing right now, this seems like the most important book by just by default, just because he's writing it. I mean, Even was, if it was his own story and it was just labeled something with X.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you Oops. what, man. It, it yeah,
1: was, I'm still giving it to him. I'm saying, no, this is the most important book. All the other stuff is fodder.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wouldn't put... I wouldn't Luckily,
1: we don't have to say that because all the stories gel.
0: Yeah, they all gel. But, in th- but, you know, some, some move the plot forward a little more than others. But, man, mm. this was an interesting one. Um, sword's always interesting. But that's all I got to say about it. You ready to move on to our final X book? And this is Way yeah. of X number three. Um, so, Nightwing Nightcrawler goes to the gala. Nightwing. I almost call him Nightwing. I get, I get that sometimes. Okay, so it's kind of interesting it made me think, this issue, because all throughout the other books, one through line is that Nightcrawler is Uh, shit-faced. Yeah. He's just wandering around drunk as fuck. Um, And this basically chronicles his Hellfire Gala night, which is, the night itself is pretty uneventful. He's just running around drunkenly trying to figure out his whole morality problem with the rest of the mutants <laughs> and nobody wants to hear his shit because he's being a drunken madman at this point. Um, and I guess like the whole premise of the series is just like Nightwing. Uh, God damn it. I keep, I'm going to keep doing that. I'm sorry. Nightcrawler is trying to, I guess, go through the three main laws of Krakoa and I guess try to make them more meaningful or have them have more of an impact to mutants who are, Understandably, because of their newfound immortality, kind of just letting their morals slip by the wayside um, and their value of life to the wayside. Um, And this issue follows, uh, tries to deal with the first law, which is make more mutants. Um, And he's just going through it. Uh, (laughs) I do like this one panel where Beast has to be security guard. (laughs) Or or he's maybe... I would like to think he's probably just trying to like deal with the fucking um, the terraflonic shit.
1: No, that's exactly what's happening when he ma- when he tells him to move arm over. That actually happens And you know what? Keep reading. I'm gonna try to find the panel yeah, and see I if know. it lines up exactly. I'm that sure would be does, really cool.
0: That would be really cool if it did. Um, it's got th- one thing I will say about this whole event is that it's got this cool Rashomon feel, but there's like different por- perspectives uh, s- viewing the same event essentially. Um
2: mm. so
0: yeah, what'd you call that? Rashomon. It's this movie called Rashomon, which is uh a like a movie about how these four I think like it's these four different this one event interpreted by four different people and it follows the narrative follows those different perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Nightcrawler goes around, and you know we get the scene where he, where he hits on, he he congratulates McGann, uh, for her pregnancy, um, way back in what Excalibur, Um, and finally the issue ends with him passed out actually, right next to Wanda. And oh wait, is that it?
1: That's funny. Yeah. Oh, he's not dashing by them. Mm. But as you can see, it is Kurt. And look at the two girls.
0: Hmm. Damn.
1: The two that are featured in this. So, there's, was interesting. Yeah. Right I didn't right. notice that before.
0: No, yeah. But did you uh, did you peep it Like at the very end of Kurt's like, drunk trip? He's like right next yeah, would...
1: to Magneto
0: and Scarlet Witch. And it's like, whoa. Imagine if he saw them. What would happen?
1: Oh, man. He'd teleport and tell everybody. <laughs> he'd be like, oh, my God. Mein Gott. Mein Gott.
0: <laughs> um, so the next morning, Nightcrawler is, of course, hung over. Um, and he goes over to uh, to doc- uh, Dr. Nemesis, who's like doing science things and being annoyed by Dazzler. Um, and he basically yeets his coffee and just like chugs it all, basically, because he is hung the fuck over.
1: Um, you said, give...
0: <laughs> give me um but yeah essentially legion pulls up to uh this place where uh pixie is uh kind of ran into some trouble there's been two mutants who are trying to smash and uh they- <laughs> <laughs> and they can't because one of their powers which is sharpie sharp powers activates uh when she gets excited so the legion volunteers to kind of help uh w- them with their predicament meanwhile nycrawler runs into a familiar face apparently stacy x um apparently yeah uh, i don't know i don't know she's a snake yeah uh she's, no
1: she's like she literally looks like a snake look of arms
0: yeah you're right huh interesting um so basically she guides Kurt uh Kurt's tr- like kind of tell her is like man i mean i don't know I, he he oh wait he actually peeps her like hi- handing out contraception contraceptives to to mutants and um he's like wait a minute what are you doing that's against the first law which is make more mutants we're supposed to procreate make more mutants and she's like all right <laughs> I don't know about that, buddy. We gotta, gotta, like, have children every single time we
1: smash. Uh, A really good point is made in this comic, actually. Yeah.
0: Uh, She basically takes them to this place called The Bower. And it's basically for people to go and have, like, intimate relationships. It doesn't have to be sex, necessarily. People just come here, and they have, like, you know, time with a significant other or, you know, someone they just met. And uh, Nightcrawler like likens it to a brothel, and he gets real like Catholic judgy. and He goes like, "You've built a brothel on crack." She slaps the shit out of him <laughs> immediately.
1: Is that a backhand? No, it's no, not. it's a front hand because her hand because her hand would have been facing this way after. Yeah,
0: it would have been like ah. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, "You could be really tiny minded sometimes." You know that? He's like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> but." you know these people don't need people need support but they don't need this and she brings up the point it's like you know how many religions got a history of temple sex dude like you're not it's not a it's not there's nothing wrong with what we're doing here you know um but yeah come with me and I'll show you something else that's like a little bit that might be a little bit more meaningful. Meanwhile, Legion <laughs> Legion's solution to these two ladies' uh, smashing problem is to have them uh, do some psychic smashing. Uh He
1: psychic sex. Yeah. Uh,
0: she is. It's funny because like Legion had this relationship with this girl, and the way they used to like smash is through uh, psychic connection, and apparently it is infinitely more awesome <laughs> like it feels way better when you do it through psychic connection it is so so dope and um in the middle of them canoodling in the mind
1: um eating ice cream and turning their body into object oh that's just the metal girl she's <laughs> 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 just, she's just like look what i'm doing Trey. this is part of who i am check it <laughs> out i make shapes with <laughs> my arms i like it it's fun <laughs> this feels and great i was like oh cool i like ice cream <laughs> These are,
0: hey 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 check it out i'm swimming with dolphins now dude <laughs> Have you seen this oh that's pool? lit uh yeah yeah okay so at that moment
2: um, and lemons. <laughs> i guess
0: that's satisfying uh and at some point like the girls start writhing in the mental you know uh in the mental space and legion is like haha i caught him and they get inside and sitting on a ball uh two women ball is the uh onslaught guy as we know him as the patchwork man at this point but uh onslaught has been terrorizing the mutants since wave x number one as the uh, as the patchwork man and he is terrorizing these two who are just trying to find love uh and it really fucks them up they kind of like are repulsed by each other and they run away from each other which is kind of a bummer yeah
1: let's fuck that was fucked up yeah I'm like damn he jumps out and starts like laughing <laughs> 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 I didn't know he was like that I didn't think he was that petty I thought I yeah. had a more of a bigger picture in mind. Yeah, you just. Hello? Like,
0: nope.
1: Just. Petty criminal.
0: Just not allowing people to, to have sex.
1: Very intrusive.
0: I'm going to cock block the entire nation of Krakoa. Uh, so he flies away, and I guess Legion's like, well, that didn't work out well. And um, we cut back over to the bower, and it's revealed that there are mutant babies there. And Nyko is like, wait, what? What's this? And apparently because people, you know, who aren't necessarily ready to be parents and because they have this immortal life now, they just like s- smash re- recklessly and make babies and get pregnant. And um a lot of them aren't ready to have kids, so what they do is they just literally abandon their children. And um this Stacy X girl finds them and he- she basically takes care of these kids it's like an orphanage um yeah apparently krakoa doesn't has not authorized like a a foster home situation uh it's so weird that they didn't do that
1: yeah i guess they think that's a pretty small detail in the midst of things which i i guess sure i understand it it's not like no one's perfect no nation is perfect it is what it is but they got to get on that really fast. Yeah. I like, fuck the say... religion, Kurt. Why don't you sign some paperwork and make this happen?
0: Yeah. I mean, Please. Kurt is on the council. So he could bring that exactly. attention. Um, But yeah, we get to see Lost again. Um, the mutant that's been trying to talk to Nightcrawler for the last two issues. Um, and apparently Stacey X knew her. Uh, her name is Mary- Marionette. Uh, She lived in New Orleans, and she didn't have her powers, of course. We know this uh, because of uh, Wanda-Mageddon, I think is what she calls her.
1: (laughs) Wanda-Mageddon.
0: Wanda-Geddon. Wanda-Geddon. And, yeah, she basically takes care of the kids and helps her there. Um, And that's when Fabian Cortez just kind of stumbles in after trying to hit on this muscular lady. Uh, She throws the Magneto helmet at him. And I don't know why. Does, did he have it?
1: No, I think. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. It was a kink. He wanted her to wear the Magneto helmet. Mm. To turn them on in weird ways. So gross.
2: <laughs> Ew.
1: <laughs> she said, I don't like your creepy poems and I won't wear that stupid helmet. Get a haircut. She went in on him.
0: Yeah, she I mean, the haircut comment was unnecessary, I think. Yeah. <laughs> she that was an extra hurt. That was an extra punch to the gut. Uh at that point, uh Fabian starts to brag. He's like, Don't you know who I am? I led the Acolytes and at that moment the patchwork man like commands Lost to attack him because she seems to have like a history with the Acolytes.
1: And yeah, it, he it targeted that negative emotion and used it to take a, a control. I guess coerce her. Yes, coerce,
0: coerce. And she uses her gravity powers to crush Fabian for a minute.
1: Um, and F- oh, it looks like it hurts. Yeah, yeah. He's in the time chamber. Hyper <laughs> Why? Can they get up? They can't. They no, no. They're in that gravity room. That's what I was thinking about. The hyperbolic Dragon Ball Z. That that should, that's the time chamber. That's the
0: oh, the gravity room. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Fabian immediately starts choking Lost, and um, at that point, that's when Legion comes in and he's like, "The cavalry's here," and um, he essentially, I guess, expels Onslaught from uh, from Lost's body. It seems um, so. You know, they tell everybody to scram, and um, we get an informational page kind of explaining uh, what Onslaught is. It's a unique etheric chimera created from the combined psychic profiles of Professor X and Magneto. Um, so, yeah. yeah, they they didn't tell they voted not to really tell anybody about this because you know they don't want to really panic anybody quite yet. Uh, but yeah in any case the uh the issue ends with them having a drink at the bar um nemesis gets annoyed at at dazzler while they're kind of like talking um nightcaller's like so what does krakowin need if not production and she's like people are gonna smash it's not gonna you know we don't need to worry about that it's just you know softening the barriers making mutants feel like they're all in the same story um which is a little confusing way of like i guess explaining it
1: um it was a confusing way of explaining it but i understood what she meant yeah um i I think it was a very a weird way of trying to say that these people need something need need options in their lives need access to things that can help them feel fulfilled that they can take part in and 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 not feel like they're just these secondary characters which they are um (laughs) that had nothing to do like these, these these insignificant cogs that are part of this major machine. And I, I think it just I think, you know, much like a lot of other comic books, this is drawing a direct parallel to how a lot of people feel in life. You know, and I, I think the rigors of a of the nine to five and work day, you know, people getting caught up in, in, in work or not even working. Maybe they don't have a job and they're they're trying to find purpose in mm-hmm. their lives in one way or another, you know, like, uh, a lot of people get, get lost, um, in that. And it's good when people, you know, find something for themselves, but a lot of people go through great lengths of their life, you know, and some even die without feeling as if they have found something to fulfill them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that's a real problem. I think that, um, that decreases the quality of life which is a crime you know because we only there's only one we know of at this point but i also think that i don't know if this is intended by the by by the author but i think them talking about you know people wanting purpose and also bringing up the point that you know people just having sex and then having babies isn't really like, helping because, you know, not everybody really wants to deal with these problems after these moments, you know, after these, these. And I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's one of my favorite um, studies um, where essentially in countries where people are more quote-unquote successful and have a higher quality of living, you know what I'm saying? There is much less childbirth. Yeah. As far, much less. And not like, oh, like, uh, birth rates are on the decline. It's just not this complete ballooned point that, you know, would, that is, that's bad. Cause overpopulation is an issue. Not at the moment, you know what I'm saying? But the threat of it, the thought of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can combat that by giving people something to do so that they don't feel like, oh, I need to have kids. And have a family to to, to be important to, to feel like I like I ha- like I have something. Yeah, I did. I, I don't I don't think this was. I think it was done on purpose. I don't think this was left out. I think these these uh these writers are are much more knowledgeable than I and, uh smarter at this point in their lives than mine. And I, and I think that was this that was a point made, and I wanted to bring that to the table.
0: No, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think of it like that um because i was kind of confused as to what you mean but that makes sense and especially it's interesting because a lot of people on crack it Correct. was weird
1: it was it was weird i am i do want to say this i put that together myself personally yeah. you know what i'm just saying like i i just because i already had that thought in my head when it was talking about the babies no i think it's so them talking about, yeah
0: um i would say that like it's interesting because like the mutants of crack oh i don't know how many of them actually really have jobs Because we're talking, or like anything to do, you know? I think like they created this paradise, right? That's the whole concept of Krakow is that it's literally just just a place. You don't have to worry about anything. They don't seem to have actual currency on the island itself. Um, So, yeah, I don't think anybody, nobody has bills to pay essentially. Uh, The only people we see working on the, you know, characters within our series, everybody else in the tertiary are probably not doing much. So yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting. Just, that's the ultimate, especially you theory. That's the ultimate quality of life where you're not stressing about bills or you know you're not worried about how you're gonna get food on the table because everything's kind of taken care of. Um, yeah, but we
1: are creatures, you know, not designed if you believe in an intelligent designer, or I guess just evolved, however you want to put it, but biologically speaking we need things to take our attention and work towards Mm -hmm. um you know stress is is good sometimes stress is helpful to to initiate change and development you know i mean even when our bodies grow it goes through pain growing pains right you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying like that's just an inevitable part of life and it's also an, an essential function that we have to fulfill in order to Feel right, literally. You know what I'm saying? Like the same way we feel like, oh, you see someone attractive and you have to be with them. It, it's the same, you know, the same idea. Right. But we, we need to feel like we there's something we're doing. Yeah. You know. That's why. That's why video games are the shit, man. I mean, you can you can work a boring ass, unfulfilling ass job, or not just video games. I, that was just an example, but like that's why hobbies are so important because you know you have to make money in this world. In this life, the way it is, but it's so important to have things that you care about and you're passionate about that you spend your time with, you know, that you can challenge yourself with. Even that's good stress, you know. Yeah, um, definitely agree. Because, and again, I say that because you know they are in paradise where they don't have to worry about bills and stuff, but there's still things missing. That's mm-hmm. direction and purpose. Yeah, yeah. Very this fun. is this is going to be a good book. I think it's a really good. I mean, we already said this from yeah. the jump. We already knew this had a lot of potential and this was just a small version of that in my opinion.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of thoughtful books this week for the X-Men. Uh, I would say sword yeah. and this very fun. A lot of, a uh, lot of, lot to pick at, uh, let us know what you think about this week's X books in the comments. I'm very interested to see how people interpret it. It's especially way of X because it's very much rooted in philosophy and all that stuff. So, um, interested to see how different people kind of see, this quest so let us know email us or comment on whatever video you're watching um it'd be cool to hear from you guys um but that's all i gotta say about uh x-men you guys ready to move on
1: yes definitely then let's go He said is this ice <laughs> dickhead is it cold
0: boruto so,
1: Yeah.
0: we're on boruto chapter 59 night um (laughs) we open up the chapter with kawaki getting choked the fuck out by code uh and he's like why isn't it me why is that to be you what makes you so special kawaki doesn't even know what he's talking about um and yeah basically code is like if you weren't a a chosen vessel i would kill you right now and um, Kawaki wakes up in the present where um, he's with Amato and um, the uh, the assistant girl. Um, and he says um, he, he's like he's he tells them that he's been having droops about being Ishiki's uh, Ishiki's vessel or uh and and code. Um he and he's like, well, you are still Uh, Ishiki's vessel and that will never change which is it's an interesting thought here as he continues like Ishiki's soul may have been extinguished but you're still able to use the karma that he left in your body Um, and that's the reality so yeah Kawaki gets mad at that (laughs) he's like "Ah, fuck
1: you he lashes out
0: yeah so basically he's like I heard about your plan to implant Boruto's karma into code. It's not a bad idea in theory, but at the same time, code already has karma and there's no, it's highly questionable whether you'll be able to implant it in the first place. Um, Good point. Yeah. On top of that, it's like Boruto can't, even if you succeed, Boruto cannot resurrect uh, until extraction is completed in code's body. Uh, So, you know, he has to be a vessel and seeing as how he wasn't able to become Ishiki's vessel, I mean, you know, he's not going to wait around. I mean, he's not going to wait around and just, like, let that happen. You know, he'll try to kill all of you to to avenge Ishiki's death. So, he says, uh, do you think that Naruto can beat him? And Amado's like, I don't know, man. I don't know how strong he is without the Nine Tail Fox, but right I don't
1: know, bro. I suspect
0: he'd die on a one-on-one versus code so you know it certainly won't go the way it did with delta and I'm like damn they nerfed the shit out of Naruto <laughs> um so he basically is like you want power don't you so take it for yourself especially since Ashiki's gone for good a brand new power in the form of karma that's purely a weapon um which is wild. Um, He's basically suggesting that he let him uh, implant Kawaki with karma again. Uh, And he's like, look, what do you need? What do you, you know, you want it. You know, you want this (laughs) karma. Um, You'll do anything that you're rational, but I, I know that you're rational and you'll do anything uh, necessary to achieve your goals. Just like me. Um, And Kawaki says, no, never i'm out he's like all right but just remember it's all up to you kawaki the choice is in your hands and kawaki walks away um we get a scene with code and ada uh they're talking about like you know kind of more of the agreement um they're basically like kawaki kawaki not going to be killed by code uh but and um he, but that means he's dead set on killing Boruto and Naruto and Sasuke. Um, so they start talking about what the plan is. And the plan is to take their time um, and wait for the opportunity to strike. Uh, her Sen Ringan, <laughs> her new magic eyes will, uh, will spot the opportunity best to strike. Um, and it's also revealed that Ada herself is not all that powerful. Uh, all she knows is really kind of Taijutsu. And it's questionable how much Taijutsu she actually knows. Um, So there's that. Um, And he's like, what if Kawaki tries to kill you? You know, what if you're alone with Kawaki? Uh, And she's kind of relying on code to protect her. But he's like, what if Kawaki gets you? I can't be everywhere. Um, And she's like, "Uh, I guess I was hoping to avoid it, but come with me and I'll introduce you to my other knight. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh, new character. Interesting. Hmm. Um, we then cut back to Konoha where Kawaki is walking down the street on his own. Uh, and he's just like really ruminating on what Amato has said. And, um, Shikadai catches him. And as he's about to, um, talk to him, he just like kind of blurts out, I said, shut up. And everybody starts just staring at him because he just blurted this out out of nowhere. Uh, And Shikadai just kind of like takes him aside and he's like, ignore him. This is your home. You know, there's not your who and what you are is being kept a secret, but you're one of us. Uh, And I'm like, oh, Shikadai, you know, (laughs) having a good Shikamaru (laughs) everywhere. I'm here for it. Um, It's good to have a Shikadai. So, yeah. We cut back to a motto who's just clickety-click-click-clacking on his keyboard. Because they have computers in this verse now. and uh, hey, They have <laughs>
1: electricity.
0: Yeah. Uh, and she's basically... The assistant girl is like, So, about Kawaki's karma, what do you mean by that? And he explains that, you know kawaki's karma was deleted but he still has all the otsutsuki data that was downloaded into his body so in layman's terms he's basically a house with no owner um he's still like the person like the the soul that would live in his body may be gone forever but the house is still there and he's able to use all this power so you know if i could just reopen the door now that uh ishiki's gone and there's no it's a win-win opportunity Kawaki gets more power, and there's no chance of Ishiki ever coming back, because his soul is extinguished forever. Um, so, yeah. And she's like, <laughs> this is my favorite part, is like, she's like, is that really all of it? There are no other reasons you want to restore Kawaki's karma? And Amato just looks back like, you motherfucker.
1: <laughs> like, bitch, I told you no. <laughs> but at the same time, like, Stop Brian. Yeah. Yes, there is, but there's not. Stop it. Leave me alone. Stop asking good questions. Fuck. <laughs> Jeez. Annoying <Milling> little bitch. <laughs>
0: um, they go, uh, we cut back to uh, code, and they go back to the same exact place where uh, Ada first stepped out of. And there's a whole other pod there. I don't know if I noticed that before, <laughs> but there's an entirely different pod there. And... Um, they open it up because it's another cyborg that Boro stashed in there. They open it up and there seems to be nobody inside, but then all of nowhere from behind uh, code is jumped by this child. It looks like literally like around maybe 10, maybe younger. And he turns out to be, uh, Ada's literal actual, like biological brother known as Damon. Um, and at that moment, that's when more of the guards that actually hang out at this place pull up. And we get a full demonstration of Daemon's powers. Uh, I will it's say. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I- actually. I- I'll give it to him. It's a very interesting, um, unique power. Uh, alright. So basically what Daemon does is that he can, uh, he, this, he can reflect his opponent's attacks in the way of the stronger the intent to kill, the more powerful the action. So, you know, if a foe is simply picturing the killing scene, he can instantly reflect that killing scene on the user. So, for example, one of the things he does is this dude, he pulls out this sword. And in that moment, he must have been envisioning cutting Daemon's head off. So Daemon used that to reflect that and make it into reality so his head popped off in place of daemon's and i'm like yeah i mean it's a pretty cool power i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i'm not mad at it uh so it'll be it's cool to have like a little bit of fresh blood into this um and an interesting you know secondary villain in daemon but meanwhile we cut back to a motto and um Her name is uh, Kake, I think her name is, the the assistant girl. Uh, She just keeps pressing Amado. Amado's like, she's like, you seem profoundly relieved after Ishiki was like dead, but Kawaki was fine. It seems like you you seem motivated by something other than mere concern over his welfare. And um, Amado's like, you're really smart or stupid? Which is it? If you stay silent, you might have been able to draw out more intel. Don't you understand strategy? Um, And the girl finally asks, so you are plotting something. And Amado says, so you're just stupid. And that's where the chapter ends.
1: Yikes. Uh, Is she about to die?
0: Well, I hope not. (laughs) I hope this doesn't turn into a Shadow King Gabrielle situation where we just find her in a bush somewhere. But, right,
1: just left. Yeah,
0: I wonder, man. Ain't I mean, no resurrection, too. I mean, I'm not going to say this is like a crazy twist because you know there was always the possibility of a motto heel turning. Um, but I, he's more of a developed character than he was initially, so I am more fascinated to see like what is his plan
2: because
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't think he likes the Ososuki. <laughs> I don't think he's particularly fond of them.
1: I think he's trying to give himself power. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, what more does he want, you know? Yeah. Because th- uh, he knows that the other people want... Yo, he already said, like, bro, if Code comes to me, he's going to kill me. Yeah. And I'm going to tell him everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't think he's just some bad guy. I think there's more nuance to it. Yeah. I, I mean, hope there is, anyway.
0: If you follow the logic, I guess it's, um, you know, Code is not a vessel. So he doesn't <laughs> seem to have any interest in code. Boruto has momoshiki in it, which makes him super dangerous. But Kawaki it has the potential to have karma without an Otsusuki possession possible. Which I wonder. I, I I I like that's probably why he has the vested interest in him. Is that there's something specifically about Kawaki
3: that he can exploit? Um. Hmm.
0: But yeah, this was a really interesting chapter. Uh,
3: I mean. Kawaki was chosen to be the vessel for this dude. So it would make sense that, you know, he, uh, considers Kawaki a more interesting subject compared to his other creations, you know? Yeah. true. Sure. This is a body fit for a God essentially.
0: Well, he's got like all of sure. the strengths and none of the weaknesses of a usual victim of karma because the whole point of the karma is like, so the eventually an will take them over he doesn't have that possibility anymore but he still can have all the power that comes with it um so that's an interesting thought i guess uh to what end i don't know who is this guy really i don't know
3: i think amado's goal is probably to resurrect his daughter with a perfect body
2: essentially
0: huh. right oh shit that's interesting
3: because he he's keeping um what's her name locked up uh for a reason, you know, like there's probably some transference that he could do. Ada? Like he's probably planning to do the same thing that they're planning to do with Boruto to code with Kawaki to his daughter. So could be something like that.
0: That makes sense, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I can't even begin to tell, but I did enjoy this chapter.
3: Um, Dude, Boruto's been great recently. I fucking love Boruto nowadays. It's been good. It's just. It's just really interesting the way that they, what, that they've been going about the story and they're, they're making things happen in a compelling way. You know, it's not like, Oh, Naruto's just not here anymore. This is, this is Boruto show. Naruto isn't going to do anything here. Like they build up to, to that, to Naruto being playing less of a prominent role. You know, like yeah. they take their time and they set things up and that's what you really need with a sequel series, you know, like most sequel series, like, especially if they're focusing on new characters, they like shove away all the old people and be like, no, fuck that shit. It's the new guys now. But Borto has been doing a really good job at making the new guy, like making the new guys earn their place in the story, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I'm interested. And that's all I got to say about Borto. Really?
3: Um, You guys ready to move onward?
2: Yeah,
0: that's mm-hmm. randomize Dragon Ball Super. Uh, this is Dragon Ball Super chapter seventy-three: Goku versus Granola. This is a big action chapter. Um, Granola and Goku are just like fighting throughout the planet. Goku's in Super Saiyan Blue, um, and he's having a rough time against Granola. Um, but you know, Goku's holding his own. He even like pulls out. Ultra Instinct after a time, but he can't hold it for very long, while also maintaining his blue form. um So, yeah, they they continue fighting it out. Granola is clearly like kind of like not not like absolutely Roppel stopping Goku, but he's he's causing a huge amount of trouble for him um, to the point where Goku has to retreat for a minute, uh, and he teleports yeah. right next to Vegeta. Um. And Vegeta explains, like, I actually know who this guy is. Um, he's uh, he's part of this old tribe in this area with Right Eyes specialized for sniping. And uh, Frieza once ordered us to destroy this entire race of people. So, you know, he might be the final remnant of these people that we eliminated a while back. And... Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, not great. <laughs> um, and... Goku's like, whoa, oh, well, now that now everything makes sense. Um, do we try to convince him that Saiyans aren't the bad guys? He's like, I don't think he would care right now. So, really the plan now is to beat him and then explain to him that, you know, Saiyans aren't terrible. So, Goku pulls up to Granola in his Ultra Instinct form, which kind of... Uh, what color is that? White. He's got white hair. And, or silver.
1: Hmm, okay. Yeah. No aura, just...
3: Yeah, it's the mastered ultra instinct. Yeah, it's no, aura, instinct, so yeah, it's no aura. Just he just has no aura, no uh, and and white hair. Yeah. Um. So
0: he pulls up in the ultra instinct form,
3: and
1: um. So he can do. He has. He can use ultra instinct. It's he. He can just only use it for a short amount of time, and he's trying to train so that he can always use it.
0: Yeah. Like this. Okay. This is. Uh, the perfected Ultra Instinct, but he can't maintain it, obviously. He's only achieved it in, in short bursts uh, ever since the Tournament of Power. So,
1: Yeah, when you fought against Jiren, right? Who is the god of all, of everything?
0: No, he's just this alien, dude. Uh, but he's
1: super-duper strong.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I have to it
0: to In any case, Goku pulls up and starts... Like beating up granola, um, and granola's like ah fuck, this ultra instinct gets different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. Yeah, uh, and he seems to be actually struggling. Uh, he he gets like his himself beat up a little bit, and, Goku, and Vegeta's like over already. Damn, looks like Kakarot it's beat huge. him again, and um. Then Vegeta notices that, despite the fact that Granola is getting his ass beat, uh, his power hasn't really dropped as much as it should have. Um, so Vegeta like just turns around, and at that point, that's when Goku pulls up and is like, "You're really strong, dude. <laughs> How'd you tr- how you train to get this? How'd you train to get this strong?"
1: Um, Anything about that? Yeah, and uh, uh, I didn't.
0: <laughs> uh, guess what, buddy? I cheated. <laughs> um i paid to win and granola's like looks like i underestimated you Saiyans." and goku's like hey i mean we can call it quits right now and just walk away and we could be friends like i do with all my enemies We could be best word.
1: Months. it's mad lit bro come on yeah
0: and granola's like you're not hearing me right Saiyan. when did i say i've lost all i said was that you're i made the mistake of underestimating you I shouldn't have split my power at the start. And mm. it turns out that wasn't Granola after all. It was a shadow clone, essentially.
1: Genjutsu.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I made a clone because I
1: can do that. And it was only half of my power. And now it's fully back to me. So it's time to double whoop your ass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah.
0: He pulls up, and he one-inch punches Goku so fucking hard uh, that he sends him flying, like, two football fields away. Uh, And he's like, I decided to have a fight clone, uh, a clone fight you so I could save my strength for Frieza. And in the case, it managed to kill some time. (laughs) time to finish finish you that's when vegeta pulls up and uh honestly pretty funny vegeta's like hmm i'm your opponent now and um vegeta's like uh like i'm not picky i'll kill whoever dies first you know whoever wants to die first i don't care uh and vegeta just spits at the ground he's like die why don't you go on (laughs) join the rest of your tribe and like, Yeah, he's real
1: greasy about it. I was like, dang. <laughs> Vegeta?
3: Yeah, he goes, yeah. Basically, <laughs> Vegeta pulled the no you card. <laughs> the reverse, the reverse card in Uno.
0: <laughs> hey, you die, no you. And he got tight. He's like, what did you say? And he's like, if you're so intent on of killing off every last Saiyan, then I'll have to, then I'll use all I have to put you in the ground. And that, the tribe that's about to go extinct is the Cyrillians. And that's where the chapter ends. Vegeta talks major shit. Uh,
3: so does uh, Toriyama think that the enemy of uh, salads and uh, vegetables are... it? Does he think it's cereal? Does he think that cereal is the enemy <laughs> of vegetables? No, it's obviously mm-hmm.
0: a freezer. And that's why... <laughs> no, that's not true. Because they're frozen vegetables. No,
3: you use a freezer to preserve
1: vegetables. <laughs> yeah, but they're not as good. They're supposed to be fresh.
0: Well yeah those are like I don't know what the difference is between like pro- are they processed in any way frozen vegetables because you're not supposed to put like veggies you, you want don't want to freeze or heat
1: them. them veggies want to be alive and well
0: that's yeah, the point in theory yeah I mean
1: the freezers the heaters the ultimate enemy of vegetables the freezer. Cells, right? Cellular decay. I oh, don't know. I'm reaching. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: cellular cellular <Uh-oh>. decay? <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Maybe. <laughs>
3: maybe pink genies. Wait, are genies? you telling me that Shigaraki's fucking erasing these vegetables,
0: dude? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe pink genies are the enemies of vegetables. I don't know. Wait, um, you
3: think Shiger- if Shigaraki tried to decay Goku, it would work? Yes.
0: There's nobody who's. It's not a matter of strength, I guess, right? See, just anything he touches is destroyed.
3: What do you think, Josh? You're the. You're the. You're the last say on this. Can Shigaraki decay Goku?
1: No. <laughs> I. Think I, I don't answer. even think Shigaraki should have been able to decay Zuko in that death battle. But whatever, call me salty. So no, I don't think he can decay Goku. I think if he touches Goku, it, yeah. would flex. Or you just go, ah, Flexes <laughs> and none, Nothing you can do can hurt me.
0: I'm gonna have to go Super Saiyan 3. He just had to, every time he gets decayed, he has to transform into a new thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
0: guess so. But, I mean, I don't know. That was Dragon Ball Super. I thought this was fun. Um, it was a really cool action chapter. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. A lot of punches
3: and kicks, <laughs> many blasties. This is a this is a classic Vegeta talking shit before he gets rolled, uh, Ending to a chapter, by the way. Damn. Huh? This happened the exact way during the Moro arc, where where he shows up. He's like, <laughs> "I'm the ultimate Saiyan, you little fucking bitch," and then he turns around and gets fucking dick slapped across the face by a fucking goat man.
0: Hey, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time because maybe this is when Vegeta's like, now my battle has particular thematic relevance, and this is supposed to be my fight now. Uh, I don't think he's going to defeat Granola because the whole point of Granola right now is that he's the strongest thing ever. So mm. it would it would be weird if even Go- if Goku and Vegeta who are still in training with their new god powers and angel powers defeat granola i think this is going to be more of a battle of um of values i guess like a debate kind of it was like <laughs> i don't know dude I, <laughs> dragon ball z
3: the debate show i
0: don't know i think that's the uh, that wasn't the word i wanted to use for it but i don't really know what else to say i think it's really just kind of is gonna be He's just going to, like, outwit him or something. Yeah, so Can you imagine an Alex
3: Jones-themed fucking Vegeta show? <laughs> that would Sands. not be great. <laughs> that
0: would not be fun. I'm the strongest, and they're turning the frogs gay. Come here, coward! <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. It will be fun to see. I, I enjoyed this chapter. I am i don't have much else to say about Dragon Ball Super. How about you guys?
3: Um, I'm... Interest because this guy is pulling out all the stops, so I'm interested to see if Vegeta even stands a chance because it feels weird to have Vegeta go against a harder version of fucking uh Granola compared to Goku. So um we'll see how That's this true. pays off because he's been yeah, doing a lot of this- destruction training, so this is going to be interesting, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind if Vegeta is stronger than Goku right now. That's okay. They don't have to be even, in yeah, my opinion. I would. I would love
3: it. Like I would love fine, it. Let's but throw
1: Vegeta fucking bone, right? Like, I think,
3: I think Toriyama's just hey, allergic to giving Vegeta dubs. You know, he's allergic to writing good.
1: That's his fucking problem, <laughs> uh, Brian. Damn. Okay, that's that's his problem.
3: Every that's time it. a good decision shows up, he gets a rash on his neck. Do you remember
1: Samurai Nine? Eight. Samurai Eight. What was?
0: Show Simmer some respect eight. to the dead.
1: Exactly. That
0: was not Toriyama. You heard it,
1: Brian? He said, "Yeah, I think eight. so. I think I." Oh, dirt. Wrong person. That's the Naruto guy. <laughs> My bad. I was I was really coming for Toriyama's head. Let me chill.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about uh, Dragon Ball Super. You guys, you guys, ready to close this out? User. Yes, well, with that being said, that was Dragon Ball Super. And that has been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you can find me at the Chris Espinall, Josh at JD Cole underscore 37. Brian at B.E.S.P. on Twitter and Instagram. Also, follow Brian's stream at twitch.tv slash itspunchline. Uh, he plays LOL. Or League of Legos, or whatever the kids call it. So, hello,
2: yeah.
0: So, join them on that. Uh, If you have any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com. Or you can comment on whatever video you're watching right now. Uh, Speaking of video, subscribe to our uh, YouTube and give us a like, give us a share. That'd be very nice. Comment what you think about this week's comics and stuff uh leave us a five-star review on itunes uh we are on spotify uh google podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts we are on there so get on it uh thank you guys so much for listening and stay safe new jump citizens
1: peace out peace
2: pk fire